0: Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, good morning,
1: one and all. Frank Proctor, sous chef of the garden here in the studio at uh, the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. And way off to the east, and I mean way off to the (laughs) east, is Charlie Dobbin online from her home in Prince Edward County. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frankie. Merry Christmas. Yeah, and the same to you. Happy Boxing Day. Although, this is is a boxing day like new. No other, huh?
2: Uh, meaning what? That, that, well, folks aren't traveling no to boxes? the stores. Yeah, <laughs> no.
1: no, very few people will be doing any shopping, except maybe to uh, do some curbside pickup stuff. But no, you know, with the lockdown,
2: I know. Well. But lots and, of online. I'm sure the online is going crazy. Oh,
1: but, uh, you betcha. You betcha. People
2: do like to shop on Boxing Day, it seems. Yeah,
1: well, I I must admit, I was coming down the uh, DVP earlier this morning, Mm -hmm. about uh, 7 o'clock, and uh, I was of two minds. One, I wanted to swear at the guys ahead of me, and oh. the other, that because I got behind the snow plows, oh. <laughs> all the way from about Newmarket, right oh. down to the 401. Oh, and, that is a long, that's a and, slow, slow Oh, trip. man, I want to tell you. But, uh, you know, it, you, the, here, these guys are out there, mm. the dead of night, uh, to make sure that we can get from point A to point B safely, so shut yes. my mouth. <laughs>
2: exactly, and it's better to go slow, and you've got a yeah. nice, clean road when you're going that e- slow, but exactly. you obviously have I'd left yourself plenty of time to get to the
1: studio. Yeah. Gee, I, I, wish, I wish I could get a shot, a good shot. Maybe I can. I oh, yeah. Uh, there are my socks. Shirley bought me some
0: crazy mm-hmm. socks. These
1: have got reindeer on them. And uh, I've got some <laughs> other ones. Ho, ho, ho things. About four pair of real dandy socks.
2: <laughs> right. Well, that was what I, t- I texted you, right? Was, that, okay, I'll be, I'll be in my studio, in my home studio, <clears throat> in my pajamas while you're in the... The Zoomerplex Studio in your wacky socks. That's right. <laughs>
1: okay. What now? As we're approaching the end of the year, which is, <laughs> can't happen fast enough for most of us, uh, what are we looking forward to as far as gardening is concerned, Charlie?
2: Well, you know what I got for Christmas? What? What? A whole bunch of bird seed. Oh, really? So at this time of year, and and I so I understand Toronto area and certainly where you live got a good dump of snow. So oh, you had a white yeah. Christmas, right? You bet. Well, we had a green Christmas here, oh, uh, very green, and then it did get cool off as the day went on, and it did drift some snow out last night. So I'm looking at not pure white, but I'm looking at a dusting of white out my window now, which is great. Yeah. So it is the time to be certainly thinking about the birds, because there's not a lot for them to eat at this time of year. You know, there's some dried up. Um, fruits and things still hanging on the odd crab apple and, and they'll get to that eventually. There's some grains on some of the, the grasses and the weeds. Mm-hmm. There's seeds and stuff there, but otherwise there's no bugs, obviously, for them to eat. So we just have to be thinking about that, you know, keeping the, our little feathered friends happy and, and full and energized as, particularly as we might get into some really cold weather.
1: You bet, you bet. Yeah, we got about uh, total now from what fell last night, about six inches of snow. At wow! Our place. Yeah, oh, it's be- and it's beautiful. Oh! How'd
2: you get? How was you getting your driveway? Did somebody
1: plow uh, it for you? Bless Blesses her, the chap who lives at the front of the property, uh-huh. uh, Edgar, is a snow plow operator. <laughs> so, oh,
2: perfect! Yeah, lucky
1: old me huh? And he <laughs> he came. I don't know what time overnight because uh, he'd been out uh, doing parking lots and all that sort of yeah. thing. But at some point in time, I. I got Got Up, looked up, my gosh, he's been there and gone. So, well, way to pick your neighbor, you got it. Well, <laughs> you're, <well done. laughs> you're darn right, yeah. Uh, oh, listen, I better give the phone numbers. Here. I
2: was gonna say, I think that's one of your jobs you haven't done that's, yet. <laughs> that's
1: exactly right. I'm failing badly here, okay. In Toronto, my friends, give a call if you like to ask a question of Charlie, and she sure appreciate that as I would. Here's the number 416 360. 0740. And, of course, anywhere in the province, it is 740 1-866-740-4740. And a uh, little mantra goes, call early, call often one question per call, if you would. Um, oh, yeah, and if you're a first-time caller, let Carlos, our operator, know, because just before you get to the airwaves... You're gonna hear that, yeah! Wow,
2: sounds very Christmassy. <laughs> it, it
1: did, you know. Clarence. I, in fact, I saw Miracle on 34th Street not too long ago. The, that was a, a dead. Well, no, was it was a Miracle on 34th, or no, wait. Oh, the one with Jimmy oh. Stewart. Oh, gee whiz! I can um, Harvey, no. No, <laughs> Harvey. No, mm, not so much. No, no. Well, somebody, somebody will call. What, what show am I trying to think of? Oh, Mary, Mary, you know, running down the street. <laughs> and Clarence. the angel uh anyway Anyway. hey you know what i'm i've gone past the point when we should be taking a first break so shut up and uh yeah let's let's give a break here to some of our fine sponsors and then we'll come back and maybe deal with an email or hopefully a caller or two as well here on the garden show from zoomer radio
3: daffodils
4: and daisies bluebells and begonias for and foxgloves, marigolds magnolia lavender and lupins dahlias delphiniums
2: stalks fox hollyhocks tulips and sweet williams
0: you've picked the right place for everything floral this is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, it's a very quiet uh, morning
1: on the phone lines here, so I'll remind folks once again of our phone numbers 416-360-0740 and in, anywhere in the province, of course, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. We hey. do have a, an email we want to deal with here, maybe, though. Yeah,
2: I just want to tell you something, Frank. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, on the phone, and I thought, why don't I just bring up the AM740 website, and I can see you. I mean, oh. There's a delay. You're not. Your voice doesn't match your face.
1: But it <laughs> it <though> doesn't. <laughs> not on the phone, anyway. <laughs> I've been told uh, that before. <laughs>
2: so, it looks yeah. good. You look really good. Show me your socks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, I won't see them for a minute or so. Just, but, just... yeah, put your socks up on the, on the counter there on the table. That's cool. Hey, yeah, pretty
1: cool. <laughs>
2: pretty cool, very nice, Darn I love it right no yeah, they're
1: pretty good feed actually
2: those cameras are are <laughs> very clear like i I'm getting a good uh a good
1: <laughs> yeah, you look great. <laughs> Alrighty. Here's a Here's hey. an email we can deal with. Okay. Uh, well, folks are calling in now, which is good news. Uh, Irene Smith says, uh, Hi, Charlie and Frank. I'm a longtime listener. Love your show. Learn something with every show. My jade is very old, approximately 35 years. The leaves closer to the soil have white spots on them that don't seem to rub away with a soft cloth. I- is this a fungus, and how do I treat it? Mm-hmm. Irene Smith. Hmm.
2: Right. So, Irene, I I was thinking about this. Um, There's really, uh, jades are pretty good little plants. Pretty tough, pretty hard Mm -hmm. to kill. The the most common way we kill jades is with too much water. But Irene's kept it alive for 35 years. She's probably got a pretty good handle on not overwatering her jade. But there are sort of three things that might cause white spots on jades, jade plants. So, number one would be powdery mildew. And I think um, Irene is maybe aware of that, which is why she tried to rub off with the soft cloth, the white spots, and they didn't rub off. So it's probably not powdery mildew because the mildew tends to be very superficial and you can usually uh, sort of wipe it off with your your fingers or your thumb. Of course, the way to avoid mildew on any plants is avoid overwatering, so only water when really dry, and then do what you can to increase air circulation around plants. That just means maybe a simple table fan running Air through and across the plants, keeping the, the air moving. Because as plants get older, they often get denser, so that they're you know, just that many more leaves and that, um, that much less air, less sun penetrating through, particularly to the bottom of the plants. The other thing would, would be to try is get that soft cloth out again, moisten it a bit, and then try rubbing those white spots. And they may come off with a moist cloth. And if they do, then we know we've got some salt excretions. So why would you have salt excretion, like salt coming out of the leaves of plants? Well, because our tap water has minerals in it. Mm-hmm. Our fertilizer, of course, is is a salt. So over a period of time, the salt concentration can build up to the point where the salt precipitates out of solution. So the water solution is absorbed through the roots of the plant up into the plant. And then because we don't water very often with jades, it is possible that... Um, that again there 's a precipitation of the salt as the water is being used by the plant, the salt gets left behind if that 's not being used, and then it' will actually literally come right through the leaves and be a be a bit of a white uh, not so much cakey but like a white layer mm-hmm. on the surface, and that 's not that unusual with jade plants. The other thing is there are a couple of insects which are white, one is mealybug. the other is scale. But it either would typically wipe off the scale. You tend to have to pick it off with your fingernail. But, um, uh, so, again, just go back, look closely, try a moist cloth. Look, really, if it is an insect, look, look, send me another note, and we'll talk about how to deal with insects on jades. But it probably isn't that. But it's worth, worth following up for sure.
1: Okay, good. Now, I sent you a photo of a lovely plant that uh, mm-hmm. Peter and Ann Groskirth, our neighbors out there, uh, had delivered to us. And a mm-hmm. uh, beautiful uh, plant. You, you got the picture, I'm sure. I did. Uh-huh. Gorgeous. And, okay, the best treatment to keep that thing, as you know, I'm an expert <laughs> knocking them off, but if, if you could help me keep it alive and, and well, that'd be great.
2: Well, <clears throat> you are going to have to keep that in a sunny spot.
1: Ah, really? Okay. Have you
2: got some sunshine somewhere?
1: Yeah, yeah, we do. And you know, as I come to think of it, it's not sitting in a sunny spot as I left the house this morning. And it was right. on a coffee table, so we got to move it near the window. I know, that's yep. so
2: classic. It is, it's what we would call a gift planter. So yeah. it's a beautiful basket filled up with a, a, a real melange of different plants. There's a bow and all kinds of prettiness in it. Um, now, it, it, they have chosen some plants. There are like a little Diefenbachia. There's a, mm-hmm. something called a little frosty fern in there. Uh, there's an African violet. Those are plants that don't need to be in direct sunlight, but they do want to be in a fairly bright spot. And then I, looking more closely, it looks like there's a little tiny palm in there and a poinsettia. So it's a really pretty, pretty planter. Now those, again, brighter is better when it comes to those plants. So for now, I would get it, if you can get it within a few feet of a window. No, It doesn't like, have to be yeah. right in the window because it does not want cold drafts. Poinsettias particularly mm-hmm. want room temperature, so keep it, you know, don't let it touch the glass, and if it's a drafty spot, take it somewhere else. Okay. So bright, no drafts, no hot drafts, no cold drafts, and you're going to have to feel the soil. Now, there's moss over the surface of the soil because mm-hmm. it's a beautifully made planter, so you've gotta get your little fingers in under that moss, feel the soil, water when it feels dry. And um, you're going to water... Fairly lightly I would say you know might be a, maybe a half a cup maybe as much as a cup of water when you water okay. and uh, and then come spring and surely surely will be good with this she'll take it outside put it on the picnic table lay it like tip it over and pull all those plants out and apart uh, because you they ultimately can't stay together oh. they look great when they come but it just doesn't work in the long run there'll be one is gonna take over one is gonna die like it's just gonna not Ultimately, look So, so Help,
1: help Mother Nature along, in other words.
2: Yeah, and give each of those plants mm-hmm. its own little pot, and then you'll just have to decide what you want to do with those different plants throughout the year. You know, things like African violets—we don't leave them out in the summer, but many of us will leave a poinsettia out in the summer uh, in a shady spot. and It grows into quite a nice green, bushy plant, and then, in it comes for the for next Christmas.
1: Excellent. Now, we have to take Mm. another little break here, but we're going to come back to greet a first-time caller on the show. Uh So hang in for that, Charlie. We'll be back very shortly with Charlie Dobbin on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio.
0: Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio.
1: Well, uh, Charlie, as I mentioned, we do have uh, someone waiting online, Crystal mm-hmm. by name, who is a first time caller. Great. Well, there you go. Hey, Crystal, welcome to the show. Thank
3: you very much. Nice good morning. To take my call. Good morning, Charlie. And where are you calling from, Crystal? I'm from Toronto. Okay, good stuff. So, what's going on? Um, I have a Norkit. My very first one, my daughter. Gave me at Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And it stayed blooming for quite a few months and then they slowly started dying mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. Um, now, my question is I've had it for a while now and it doesn't look like it's doing anything. I don't know if it's gone dormant or how do I get it going again to bloom another orchid?
2: Okay, so how many green leaves does it have on it roughly?
3: Right now, I'm looking at it. It's got one, two, three, four. Five. There's a little oh. one starting to grow from the top.
2: Okay, it's all good. That's good. That sounds just about right. So, what you would do? I assume you've got it in a spot where it's getting. It's a fairly bright spot, but it doesn't need direct sunlight.
3: That's correct. I have like I have a very big living room window that's very oh, yeah. bright, so mm-hmm. I have okay. it off to the side, but it still gets light.
2: Perfect. And it sounds like you're doing a good job watering it because otherwise you wouldn't have as many leaves on it. Uh, and of course, when the flower finished from the Valentine's Day arrival and there was a big flower stem, did you actually cut away that that stem or is it still standing? Yeah, in
3: there? No, I did because it was dried out.
2: Yeah, good. Yeah. Because once it's completely brown, it'll turn black. Yeah, exactly. A pair of scissors, get rid of that. All I would do right now is Keep an eye on it. It is due to bloom right about now. Um, what you can do to kind of kickstart it if you want is get a hold of some orchid fertilizer and then follow the instructions on whatever the, the fertilizer package says. And when you're watering, you'll water with some fertilizer. And like I say, that will kick-start uh, another flower stem emerging. And And even if you look right now, the flower comes from below the leaves. Like you'll just get this little nub of green, starts to grow out and then up. And then your job is to use the little um, clothespins that probably yep. were part of the original flower stem and train the stem to go up because they do tend to go a bit sideways and get all kind of gangly looking. So just when you do start to see a flower stem, just keep an eye on it, train it up, and then within a week or so, it will start to uh, open flowers. And um, yeah, everything being as it will, it'll be perfect for another Valentine's Day.
3: Oh, great. Another question is, you know how they make those roots that look like snakes or worms, Mm -hmm. and they start coming out of the pot, Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. can – is it advisable to cut those?
2: Don't, don't. The the plant grows them for a reason. Um, Keep in mind that orchids originally uh, and to this day are found – above ground like they don't actually grow in soil which is why if you look there's probably just a bit of moss in the pot yeah. or a bit of bark in the pot because they are plants are called epiphytes so they live up in branches of trees and little little cracks and crannies where they uh, start to grow and those roots are are actually because they uh, have gas exchange through the roots, so they're taking various um, sundry things from the air and exchanging gases through those roots. So when they're happy and healthy, they're green, the tip will be silver, and that's exactly what you want, and never, ever cut them off, unless for some reason they get all wrinkled and dried up and, you know. uh, All
3: the dried ones you can cut. Um, The way uh, I take care of this watering is I I still do the original instruction that it came mm -hmm. with, which was once a week Mm -hmm. fill the actual uh, ceramic pot with a little bit of water, Mm -hmm. like a half away, and then, and then just immerse the liner with the flour in it and leave it there for 15 minutes. Yep, yeah. perfect. Sounds fine. And then, yeah, exactly. take it out, let it drain, and
2: get it back into its ceramic pot.
3: Okay, so if I do the fertilizer, do, would I put it in that actual ceramic pot while I was soaking it for 15 minutes? Do you have any other houseplants? I have lots of houseplants. Okay, so what you would do is what I would
2: do is I get a pail and I mix up the fertilizer in the pail and then the orchid gets what it needs in terms of, you know, a cup or two of water, and then I use whatever's left in the pail to uh, water the rest of my plants.
3: Oh, okay, perfect.
5: Okay. Great stuff.
2: <laughs>
3: well, thank you very, very much. I listen to your show every Saturday.
1: Well, bless Please. your heart. You've got very good taste, Crystal. You do. Thank <laughs>
3: you. <laughs> I, I, the Zoomer is in my car, in my house.
1: Hey, that's great. I've
3: got my girls hooked onto it, too. So. Nice.
1: Good stuff. I thank you very
3: calling. much, and I'd like to wish everybody a very happy
1: new year. Yeah, thank you thank very you, much. You take that to heart, too. Thanks so, so much. Thank you. All righty. Have, have a great weekend, and all the very hey. best in the new year, too. Frankie, uh, where was Patrolman Proctor on that call? Well, I <laughs> know, but I, I looked at the lines, and there oh. were no other calls online, oh so I thought, let her go.
2: <laughs> oh, good idea.
1: <laughs> because so, – uh, yeah. Well it's uh, you know, just gonna be but, a slow day as far uh, as phone calls I, are concerned. I have
2: a suggestion. Have yeah. <clears throat> you ever heard of boxwood? The plant?
1: Boxwood yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's a very popular plant. Used uh actually I I you there's more boxwood grown in Ontario than probably any other plant because there's just like fields and fields and farms and farms full of people growing boxwood for the purposes of ornamental reasons, right? People make little, little tiny sort of miniature hedges out of them. Uh, uh-huh. They sculpt them into shapes, pyramidal shapes, round shapes. They're a super popular plant. But the problem with boxwood is that they, there's a couple of diseases, insects, etc., real problems that have happened probably as a result of the, num- the quantity of boxwood that's being grown. So... I have a suggestion. I have a boxwood substitute. So if anybody's frustrated with boxwood but loves the look—the little shiny green evergreen leaves—and the, the you know <clears throat> sort of the ease of pruning and and fun of having it. Um <clears throat> i'm going to make a suggestion, and everybody should write this down because boxwood it, it does need a replacement it doesn't shouldn't be used in the quantity we need biodiversity I think is what okay. I'm trying to get at so believe it or not, a boxwood replacement for anybody who's interested is an ilex i l e x ilex is Latin for holly
1: oh okay, so when we
2: think of holly, we think of the Christmas holly right yeah, the little sure. spiky mm-hmm. leaves and the the red uh, berries well this particular ilex I'm talking about is not uh, is not like that at all it looks exactly like a boxwood to most people so it's got round or oval leaves they're very small they're very shiny and this particular ilex I'm talking about is also native mm-hmm. to um, North America mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's a wonderful plant that way um, the one I planted here at my place is hardier than the average boxwood it's hardy to zone three all of the other Boxwoods or boxes are hardy to zone five. So a zone three plant is hardier Mm -hmm. and uh, it does get little white flowers. Uh, It's dwarf, it's compact. So Ilex, Glabra, and then the cultivar is Compacta. So C O M P A C T A. And you're going to say, Where do I get that plant? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Where do you get that plant? (laughs) Where do you get that plant?
2: I bought it from a wholesale nursery. So the average person would not be able to buy it from a wholesale nursery, but uh it's, it is grown by a company called nvk out of Waterdown, and so if you're anywhere in that area shopping at a retail nursery chances are they do they would carry it because they would get their plants from nvk and otherwise i uh, just ask for it at your local garden center ilex glabra compacta wonderful plant of course i'll have more to say about it when i see what it looks like over the uh, the years it went into my garden last september so it's still pretty new for me uh-huh. but uh it looks great so far. And, and and so not only does it get white flowers, it gets little blackberries. The common name is inkberry. So little blackberries,
1: which the birds love. Okay. So there's a, a, a replacement for boxwood, Ilex, I-L-E-X. Yep. You got Excellent. it. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we have some callers online we better get to uh, before they get discouraged and hang up on us. Dorothy. <laughs> Dorothy in Hamilton. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Hi, Dorothy. To both of you. Thank you.
6: Um, I'm very concerned about my bulbs that, have, that I planted. Um, I've got crocuses, uh, hyacinths, snowdrops, and they're all growing and showing up through the dirt. Mm-hmm. And so what, with the snow, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. I have no salt on it in the sure. snow and I'm throwing it onto the flower bed. Am I doing these uh, bulbs any harm, or am I going to lose them because of the bit of cold? No, it's great.
2: Not only is there a bit of cold, but there should be a lot more cold coming, right? It's still only December. So, so, yeah, no, snow is perfect. Because, you know, think about what is snow. Snow is a bunch of little flakes that have dropped on the ground, and they're all really odd, irregular shapes. So what happens is in between those snowflakes that we can't see these details, but there is actual air trapped in snow uh, between all the snowflakes. So when you throw snow onto your garden, you're actually putting air onto the garden. And that air helps to insulate the plants just from the extremes, right? The super cold, the super warm. So no, snow is brilliant. I would definitely. The only th- things I don't put snow on are broadleaf evergreens, like boxwood I was mentioning. Uh, uh-huh. You don't want to put snow onto... To broadleaf evergreens, but definitely put snow on any other plants.
6: Oh, I was—I uh, just love my snowdrops, and mm-hmm. I know they're f- the first flower to bloom. And mm-hmm. you know, I was so afraid because they came up, they started growing in November oh,
2: because it got, we had a little bit of cold, and then we had warm. And those poor
6: little bulbs said, "Oh, it must be spring." <laughs> <laughs> I know, they're very confused. <laughs> I know but, but that weather—they will not shrivel up and die, yeah. though. No, and they should be
2: fine. You know what? Just, just green leaves that have emerged, that might frost off a bit, but you should still see plenty of flowers in the spring.
6: Okay, Owen, thank you so much. Thank you, And by Dorothy. the way, I do feed the birds. Hey, <laughs> nice. good for you. <laughs> All right, and a uh, very happy new year to you both.
1: Thank you so and much. Stay safe. That reminds me of uh, a stint that I used to have at the CFPL Television in London. And our weather guy back in those days was Tom Bird. And he'd uh-huh. always sign off his weather forecast with And don't forget to feed the birds. <laughs> it's really <laughs> cute. Anyway, hey, Maureen in North York online. Good morning, Maureen. Good morning. Morning.
5: Uh, it Merry Christmas.
1: Thank you. And the Thank name
5: you. Of the movie Frank first I about Amaryllis. The name of the movie is. Whoops, is have you got your on radio the on there Marine?
1: Have you got your radio on? Just turn uh, it turn no? it down. Oh, okay. It's just a little fuzzy reception yes. there.
5: maybe let me see. I'll try another part of the the living room. See if oh,
1: okay. Better. That's good.
5: I was by the I was looking at the Amaryllis.
1: There we better? are. Yep, you're okay yep. now.
5: Okay. The name of the movie is It's a Wonderful Life.
1: There you go. And,
5: <laughs> Thank you. And the little girl Sue, Sue says Teacher says every time he, the, the bell rings another angel gets its wing. That's
1: right. Mm-hmm. Clarence was the name of the the, yeah. the angel. Yeah. And,
5: yes. <laughs> Thank okay, you. Well, now I and I love your reindeer's law.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much, Marie.
5: <laughs> and okay. Now to business. All right. An amaryllis. Mm -hmm. Um, I got one for Christmas. I've never had one. It's got a great big fat bud. Mm -hmm. Now, I have a tendency to overwater. How often do I water that?
2: Well, that's a great question. What you're going to do is you're going to keep an eye on it, make sure it's in a sunny window. Turn it every single day or twice a day in the sun. Otherwise, it'll start leaning over. And do not water until the soil is very dry to your finger. So just feel the surface of the soil. Wait till it feels dry. It is easy to overwater amaryllis, so make sure it's in a pot with drainage and and ensure that it never, ever sits in water.
5: Okay. Yeah, I've got it in an east window. Okay,
2: that's fine. That works.
5: Okay. That's good. And also, can I say something about feeding the birds? Uh Another thing one should do is put out water. I know it will freeze, but you just put it out maybe once or twice a day. Birds are desperate for water Mm -hmm. in the winter, they'll come and drink it very happily. Mm-hmm. And um, also squirrels will drink it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea, too. Okay, super. I,
2: well, you know what I have? I have a dog bowl, an electric dog bowl, oh. So and it's for dogs that are outside in the winter, obviously. Uh, and so it's an excellent way to keep water out and uh, thawed. Just as simple. I mean, it plugs in, obviously, to the to the house, but it's always out there. It's always got water in it.
1: All righty. Hey, thank you very much for the call, Marine, and a very happy uh, New Year to you as well. Now, just before we get to more phone calls, I just want to get to one email we have here. Um, let's see. He says, good morning. I have a few things that I started from their pits. Thrilled to say three mangoes and two additional avocados are all sprouting. I would never attempt this if it wasn't for the new house along uh, Lake Erie with an amazing south-facing window. This, by the way, is from Karen. She says... Um, My plan is to see how long I can keep these things growing more of a challenge than anything else. I did hear today about the use of the sticky sticks. And I've ordered from Amazon because I had these little flies that I believe started around the mango pit pots. I look forward to eliminating those little pests. Also, since these are mango pits, maybe these are indeed fruit flies <laughs> ah, you never know anyway uh we also did not have any evergreens in our property so we purchased a potted balsam fir and it will stay in our not attached garage as a few windows until a few days before christmas and take it back outside uh, out a, a day or so after in order to keep it alive till spring thanks for all your great info and that's from karen
2: yeah, so that was a good email. She's got a lot going on mm-hmm. there, Karen. Um, cute question about the mango pet pots <laughs> having little flies, and maybe they're fruit flies. <laughs> so yeah. it's cute because remember, fruit flies are attracted to fruit. So at this point, her little mango pet pots have—I guess they're sprouting—and of course, it'll be green, little green plants. So no, uh, no fruit yet. And frankly, not for a very long time, if ever. So um, they're not fruit flies, for sure. Those are fungus gnats. And, and yes, the, the, it does work. The, um, the sticky sticks will help with those little fungus gnats that are flying around. Also, less water, right? Water when dry. Feel the soil water thoroughly when dry, and let these plants dry down between waterings. Uh, and her, her point about having the live Christmas tree is, is good as well, that she's only bringing it in briefly and keeping it outside where it's more likely to survive.
1: Excellent. Okay. Uh, let me remind you of the phone numbers here as we go to our next break. And we'll be back to say hi to Dale, who's patiently waiting on the line there. Uh, phone numbers for The Garden Show and Charlie Dobbin, 416 And anywhere in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. Charlie shall return in moments here on
0: Zuma Radio fur and feathers and bugs of all size there's more going on in the garden than you realize should small creatures become a big problem then you've got the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on zoomer radio
1: well charlie let's thank uh, dale for hanging on that line uh, just around the corner maybe here in toronto good morning dale welcome to the show
7: Good morning to you both. I forgot it was Saturday, so it was a nice surprise when I turned <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> Anyways, I have another Amaryllis question. Mm-hmm. Last Christmas got an Amaryllis. It bloomed, it was beautiful. I put it just a pot in the garden for the summer. And then when I went to get it at the end of the summer, I uh, guess it had too much rain at some point or was under the sprinkler, but the big bulb was mushy. Oh. However, around the outside there were four like little bulbs with shoots. Mm -hmm. So I took the four little bulbs with shoots and put each one in a pot Mm -hmm. and then put it in the crawl space for like eight weeks, maybe, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. brought them out. Um, When I brought them out, two of them, they still had green shoots. Two of them, though, the shoots were all dried up and looked Mm -hmm. I thought they were supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. So I kept them and put them in the window, and all I have is shoots. Mm -hmm. So my question is: Shall I just give up on these? Do I want to hang onto four pots uh, for another year? Well,
2: or, okay, so this it comes down to your patience level. What you have are immature bulbs, so those are daughters from the main mother bulb. And the, like you said, the the main mother turned mushy and went into the composter. The daughters survived. They will bloom eventually, but it will take a couple of years. They have to grow up. Those bulbs have to get bigger and more mature to reach flowering stage. So you, what you did is right outside all summer, crawl space for eight or 10 weeks, back out in the, the window, you know, the living room window, whatever for the winter and then out for the summer. So you got to do that whole cycle for a, might be as many as three or four years before <laughs> those bulbs are big enough
7: to flower. Okay, that's a patience. Yes. but I appreciate the information. Thank you very much, oh. and Happy New Year!
1: Thank you, you very too. much. Jill. My pleasure. Indeed. All righty. Uh, along the QEW, lovely little community called Stony Creek, and that's where Daisy is right now. Good morning, Daisy.
4: Oh, good morning to you. Morning. I'm a frustrated lover of my magnolia. Hmm. I have had this magnolia now for. Uh, Roughly six years, six or seven years. Mm -hmm. And in those seven years, this frustrating magnolia has only bloomed one year, and that would be the first year that I had it. And and it also blooms in the summertime and not in the spring when it's supposed to. (laughs) So what the devil am I doing wrong? Well, do you ever prune that plant? I know. I have not. I have cut one branch at the top so that it wouldn't shoot up to the top. Mm -hmm. But I haven't pruned any of the other branches. Okay. Because
2: a magnolia typically will set its flower bulbs in the late summer, early fall. So if you looked out your window right now at the magnolia, you should see on the tips Mm-hmm. Little, fuzzy, oval-shaped buds, yes, which are next spring's flowers. Yes. And they're a little bit furry, and in the spring, of course, they, they swell, they get bigger and furrier, and then before you know it, they pop open, and there's your flowers in the spring.
4: That's what it's supposed to do.
2: Right. So <laughs> if it's not doing that, I mean, if do you see flower buds on it now?
4: Uh, Yes, there are buds on it, yes. Yeah.
2: So, you know what, it probably comes down more to environmental spring action. We had a pretty cool, pretty wet spring last year, yes. and the magnolia probably just said, you know what, I'm not opening these flowers because it's just not very nice weather. Oh. And so, held on to them. Till it got warmer in the summer, and then you saw them. And I bet you there's people listening right now who would say, "Hey, my magnolia was blooming like a month ago mm-hmm. because we had that warm spell after we'd had the cold spell." Mm-hmm. So just like the poor little bulbs coming up early, the poor magnolias were doing the same thing, going, "Oh, it must be spring," and starting to uh, get ready to pop their blooms. Mm-hmm. So the the plants, it, it's all good. Like, don't worry that the magnolia is fine. It's just that it's uh, it it is confused by environmental things you can't control.
4: But um, all the seven years that I've had it,
2: mm-hmm. I know it's a bit odd that it's over seven years. Yeah, but but expect that you will see. You know, as long as there's buds formed at the end of every summer, then you know you've got flowers the following season. Typically, it's spring season. Right. Have you got it in a fairly sunny open area of your of your garden?
4: It's right in the front uh, in the front, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and it's got well, it's ex- exposed to to sun all day, type of thing. Okay, yeah, because that north can make a difference. facing uh, front yard.
2: Okay, and is there any other trees or anything in the front yard, or just the magnolia?
4: Oh, just that, just the center magnolia. <laughs> yeah, the, the
2: showpiece. <laughs> the showpiece
4: that has nothing. <laughs> um, all right,
2: and then when you plant, you planted it six or seven years ago. Hopefully, you used fairly good soil, good quality soil. Yes, and you know yes. magnolias—they like a really organic soil. Do so I be getting some some composted manure or some homemade compost around the plant every spring?
4: Uh, no, I fall. don't do that. But yeah, just... um I do have the lawn uh fertilized every year. Is that the wrong fertilizer?
2: Absolutely. The lawn fertilizer feeds the lawn and does not encourage flowering whatsoever on your magnolia. So it that's encourages the leaves. Yeah.
4: Okay.
2: Okay, so make sure that the lawn is not growing right up to the magnolia. So remove the lawn. Yeah,
4: I've, got a, I've got it out about uh, 10 inches, 10 or oh. 12 inches.
2: Yeah, and you could even make it a little bigger than that if you want, particularly as the magnolia gets bigger. Yeah. And make sure you've got mulch in that circle around the magnolia, but the mulch is not touching the magnolia. Right. And sh- ensure that whoever's fertilizing your lawn is not getting lawn fertilizer anywhere near the magnolia. Okay. Okay, and that will make a difference. And and ultimately, you could even fertilize the magnolia with a flowering plant fertilizer. Right. But keep that's the lawn fertilizer right away.
4: 15-30-15? Yeah,
2: that's a good one.
4: And should I, can I or should I spray the the the, uh, the leaves with it also or not? Uh, you can, just don't do it on a hot, sunny day. Uh-huh, okay. All right.
1: Okay, Annie, we have to kind of move along right. here. thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bella.
4: Merry Christmas and a very, very thank happy you. and prosperous new year thank yes. you very much thank we you we're, all, that, we're all hoping and
2: praying for a better 2021 yeah, than
1: 2020 was uh we're going in moments to uh, join uh, someone just around the corner maybe here in Toronto Annie on the line to ask a question but we'll get to that in just a moment after we take our last commercial break of the show
0: daffodils and daisies bluebells and begonias for scythia and
4: foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia lavender and lupins dahlias, delphiniums stalks, fox, hollyhocks tulips and sweet williams
0: you've picked the right place for everything floral This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And Charlie, of course, located
1: in Prince Edward County on the phone line. uh, And we've been able to keep this show moving along despite all the technical (laughs) problems along the way. Uh, So much so that we welcome now Annie to the line, maybe just around the corner here in Toronto. Good morning, Annie.
8: Good morning. Morning. Happy holidays. Thank you. Thank you. I am just around the corner almost. I'm just in the... um... Uh, near the Humber River. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah, okay. you
4: are close.
8: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I live in a little apartment, I face north, and, um, a sweet neighbor gave me a plant, and I'm not good with names, I think it's called something trumpet, swan trumpet, and it gets really big, hers does, out in her yard. Um, do you have an idea what I'm talking about? Like, it, it blooms huge flowers, mm-hmm. like an orange or yellow flower,
2: well, there is something called trumpet vine, but it and it does have big, huge flowers. But oh, I know what it is. What you've got, datura, D-A-T-U-R-A. I'm pretty okay, sure. So yeah, the, angels the, trumpet. The,
8: the stem is about maybe just a, an inch, a half an inch, three quarters of an inch.
2: Mm-hmm. So and is it like a tree? Yeah,
8: yeah. yeah. It, it it grows thick like a tree,
6: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and
8: I have it in a pot. And I, the plant next to it, again, I'm not good with names, it looked like a spidery, um, leafy palm. It mm-hmm. was a very thin one. Someone threw it away, and I took it, mm-hmm. and it, it, it took, and it was beautiful. I put this other plant in it, and um, it was doing beautiful. She told me not to water it a lot, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden this white stuff was growing on the trunk. And it, it mm-hmm. was like, um, not a pus, but like a foam, a white foam. And it went on to the other plant and killed it. And so I cut this thing back, and no matter what I do, it keeps growing back. (laughs) Um, And so now what I want to do is, I think I want to get it out of there, and I want to plant my jades, three baby jades, which are getting too big for the pot. But I'm worried if I put them in that pot, that white... Is it in the soil? Will it contaminate the jade?
2: Yeah, it could be. Is it? Is the angel's trumpet still alive?
8: Yeah, it's growing a yeah. new little shoot at the bottom. Like everything else is dead at the top.
2: Right. So I would, I would let. So is it probably a pretty big pot? It was probably
8: a pretty yeah. Big it's plant. one of those big uh, Chinese uh, beautiful pots, and um, oh, okay. I had trouble aerating, it, like letting the water come out. So I've, I've lifted it up. Mm-hmm. Water comes out, and I've got stones in the bottom, but the soil wants to stay wet.
2: Mm. And where did that soil come from? Is that something you bought yourself? Or? Yeah, like
8: it's those little potted bags with yeah. the white little styrofoamy things inside.
2: Right. Yeah, hopefully that's not styrofoam. Hopefully that's actually perlite. Um, oh. All right. So, you know what? <laughs> It's one of those things where you um not all potting mixes are made equal. So it could be that it just wasn't a very good quality potting mix. Um the oozing coming out of the plant is never a good sign. It could be a disease from the plant or it could actually just be fungus inside the soil that's causing, you know, some what yeah. we call exudate. So I would I would not plant anything else into that soil. I would leave that soil just for that plant. And if you wish this comes coming spring or summer would be to pull that plant out of that soil, you know, wash off or brush off as much of it as you can, eliminate that just, you know, out to out into the organic garbage and then get yourself some fresh
3: okay, that's you know, what I
2: quality why. potting mix is what I would do. And and to to bring a jade or another plant into your house, uh, again, I'd be getting fresh soil, fresh pots. So
8: And for jade, do I need anything special soiled? Because right now I've just been using always those. I just go buy those little bags Mm. and I just bring them home. Is that okay for the jade?
2: it is but if you can find wherever you're shopping if you can find a potting mix that will say right on it for cactus,
8: for cactus it will have
2: some extra sand in it or okay, you could so add some sand, sand. sand or some very fine gravel to just a regular potting mix just cuz you want to make sure it's well drained you don't want it to be a soggy soil when so if uh, jades... I
8: have some beach sand cuz i do sort of some arty things mm-hmm. uh, could I mix some beach sand in it?
2: You can if it's a fairly large, granular sand. If it's a really, really fine sand, like um, almost like a play box kind of um, play sand, I wouldn't use that. Okay, you need that's something that's have, got, yeah. got some chunkiness.
8: So that wouldn't work. No, thank you. I've been meaning to call for so long because I thought, I don't know whether I should, I feel like I'm murdering this plant if I, <laughs> <laughs> if I don't let it, uh, if I let it die because it, it keeps <laughs> wanting to come back. So I thought, let it go, let it go. Yeah, that it killed yeah. the other one, i feel sad for the other one. Yeah, exactly. So, but, well, uh, and you're, no, and you're not in helpful, an optimal and I love, situation. You love the show, all the programs. Yeah. Um, uh, thank you so much. I appreciate it.
2: Our, our pleasure. Okay. And, and, you know, um, just as a quick thought more for Annie, it, north-facing isn't optimal for many tropical plants. Uh, she might if she can uh, get something set up with uh, some supplemental lighting. You know, a, a yep. simple grow light might help with, with some of those sun-loving plants.
1: Okay. Uh, We're just about out of time here, my gosh. I see that. How's that happen? Uh, Well, I don't know. I wasn't (laughs) expecting so many phone calls, to be honest with you, and I was pleasantly surprised. Let me uh, just recommend something here. I was given a gift by my oldest son, Kelly, whom you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, He gave me a, a Peter Mansbridge book, a new book called extraordinary canadians and it is terrific just ordinary canadians do extraordinary things and i've just finished the first uh section it's and i highly recommend it it's just wonderful very um, fulfilling, you know.
2: Yeah, it sounds uplifting.
1: Yes, indeed. That's exactly the word I was looking for. Which
2: is what we need. We need it really it's too easy to be down in the dumps with yep. all this isolation and.
1: Yeah, you got it, Charlie. Well, listen, months. you you have a wonderful New Year. What are you doing for New Year's Eve uh, any
2: special? <laughs> I think I'll open a bottle of bubbly and drink it all by myself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go. That's my girl. Good for you. Okay, me too. <laughs> well, you, I'll have Frank. to share it with Shirley. Uh, there hugs. you go.
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, I would share it with Elliot, but Elliot doesn't like bubbly. Oh, is that right? Oh my gosh! Yeah, so that's why I have to drink it by myself.
1: <laughs> well, Carlos, thank you so much for all your hard work in that control room. Bless you. Yeah, heart.
2: keeping it all together for us, Carlos. You're you're a good guy. Thank you, and Frank. Have a wonderful New Year's, and uh, thanks for all your help and for holding down the show where you are there at Zoomerplex. I appreciate all your help, and I'll be talking to all of you again next week.
0: Thank you, Charlie.